Welcome to another episode of Culinary School Stories, the bi-weekly podcast that is dedicated to sharing the stories of people around the globe whose lives have been influenced, impacted, touched, and or enriched, for good or for bad, from their culinary school experience. Hi, my name is Colin Roach and I'm your host. Thanks for joining us today. You are an important part of this show where we ask the question, what's your culinary school story? So now, without any further delay, let's meet today's guest. So my guest today is Haley Wallace. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show today, and I want to start right out by saying welcome and thank you for joining us and sharing your culinary school story. Hi, thank you. Good to be here, Chef. Good to see you again. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So let's start right out with our first question. You went to the uh, Johnson & Wales University's North Miami campus. What uh, inspired you to go to culinary school or drove you to culinary school? And why did you pick that specific school and campus? Well, I'm really glad that you asked that. It's a really good question because that's actually one of the biggest questions that I get these days is, how did you become a pastry chef? I said, oh, that's so cool. How did you get into that? Like, how do you even go about that? And I just explained to people when I was a little girl and when you have to grow up and make a decision in life, which way you want to go, even when I was a little girl, I was baking cakes and cookies and things with my dad in the kitchen. And that always stuck with me. And I'm a very hands-on physical person. We all have different types of identities. We all have like critical thinking where all, some of us have strengths and weaknesses in different places, but I'm, I'm always very hands-on type of person. So I always knew that my career would be something that was very hands-on already. And then when I started getting into middle school where all these cake shows started coming out like cake boss and like, Oh, that's when the food network exploded while all these uh, dessert shows. And I just started getting into it. I started taking classes. I took my first class at Michael's for cake, beginner cake making. And I've been doing cakes out of my house for the past 12 years now, long time. And I have a portfolio filled with cakes, but I knew that I always wanted to go to culinary school and that was it. And I sat down with my dad one day and I explained to him, I said, I'm sorry, dad, I'm not going to be a lawyer like you. I'm not going to be a, a teacher like Uncle Greg. I'm not going to be a real estate agent like grandma. I said, I want to be a cook. I said, I'm going to be the only cook in the family. And he totally supported me. My mom wasn't really supportive at first, unfortunately, but she actually is uh, she's actually super supportive now and she's just incredibly proud of me, which, which makes me proud of myself. And so he told me, he, we did some research together and he told me, he said, I know exactly the place that you need to go to. He works in Miami and he always goes to Johnson and Wilson. Sometimes he go, just stops by there to go and eat and sometimes. And he sees all these professional students walking around outside. He says, Haley, you need to go to this place. So I stopped by there the other day again just to get a brochure. I signed us up and we're going to go to the orientation. Wow. He says, these guys are such go-getters. You should see them, Haley. They're out there. They have their uniforms on. They're clean. They're pressed. He said, these other kids in, in college, some of them are just losers. These kids are jet setters. You need to go be with these guys. These are the professionals. This is what you want to do you're going to make you do it all the way so we went to the orientation we ate all the food my dad it fell over it i fell in love with it and the rest is history <laughs> wow that's great what a story yep but i went to the miami location because obviously it was a bit more convenient for me here and um in-state registration and everything as well for florida prepaid help that just was a uh, money issue not issue but it was just uh money that reason why I went to uh, the North location and I was closer to home too. Yeah. But for students out there, I would, I 
honestly, that is something that I kind of regretted is staying in my home location. If you could, I would definitely suggest going to another location. I've been doing some traveling and we'll get into that later. And I wish I had done it sooner. I was actually really scared to leave home. Um, but it, but I had to at some point and we'll discuss that later. And I'm so glad I did. And I wish I would have done it sooner because it just opened your eyes and it shows you, you feel like the world is so big, but the world really isn't that big. And there's so much you can learn from it. Let's think back to that first day when you came on campus, you're, you know, signed up, you're registered, you're ready to go. What is it? How did you feel? I mean, probably nervous, excited. And what do you wish you had known before you had started? Um, what I wish I, I was, I was super nervous and I was super excited. I was nervous because I, I didn't want to fail, but I was excited because I was going to get to try it. And um, when I, what was the second part of the question, Chef? What is it that you wish you had known like before you went to school? Like had you known before it might have made you better? Oh, prepared? yes. That's a great, that's a great question. What, what I should have known before I went to school, what I wish I would have known. Um, I really wish that I would have known that even if I didn't go to a prestigious culinary school, even if I went to a regular culinary school, even if I didn't go to culinary school at all, I could still be a pastry chef. I could still be a culinary person. I've met tons of people in the kitchen that have done it on their own and they are just as good. Um, going to culinary school, it really, it gives us a bump up and it really creates you and molds you into an awesome chef, obviously, but you don't need to feel pressured to go to culinary school if it's what you really want to do. Obviously, if you can't afford it and everything, don't feel like this is the end. Don't feel like if I can't go to culinary school, I can't do this. But um, I didn't know that, but I'm still glad I went to culinary school. <laughs> Good. Looking at culinary school, now that you've had some time, you've been out of school, you can reflect, you get you know, perspective. What was your best class and what was your worst class? The best class and worst class? Oh boy, that's a good question. So um, one of my best classes, I feel, I feel so bad. What, what's the teacher's name? He does the, um, the professor's name. He has the glasses and he, the, um, I think it's professionalism 101 or something like that. But I always remembered him. He brought in the owners of Moe's that one time to give us a speech. Do you remember him? Do you remember that? He, what did he teach? What was the class? I think it's professionalism, but I can't remember his name. It starts with an M. I can't remember his name. He has like a mustache. He has glasses. Moskwa? Moskwa! Yes! Yes! You remember it. It started with an M. You got it. Yep. Moskwa. Oh my gosh. So Professor Moskwa. Michael. Was... Yeah, Michael Moskwa. Moskwa. Okay. So Chef Moskwa. I will never forget his class because he just really taught us a lot about you're in school a lot. You learn about things that, you know, you're just never going to do in the real world or ever going to see or hear and things like that. He was always about what you're going to see and actually do all the time, just like you do chef. But uh, I really, I really got in tune with his class the most because it was about professionalism and different types of leaderships and things like that. And I thought that that was really important um, because eventually in the kitchen, you're going to have to be a leader. A lot of it is teamwork, but you're always going to eventually find yourself in a position where you need to lead at some point. So you need to be ready for it. And I found myself in a couple of those situations already. And um, he brought in the owners of Moe's to give us a speech. And we talked about leadership and professionalism with him and everything. And it just, it seemed very real and tangible. Like he was here. He's a success story. He graduated from Johnson and Wales. He's been through the same thing as us. And he's here with a success story. And, you know, I feel like he really cared about it. Just like, just like you do and going 
you know, pass, uh, pass certain things to make sure the students get the points. I really appreciated that. And one of my, I feel like one of my worst classes was that I actually learned a lot from, not at the time, but afterwards, was I feel like um, one of the, uh, what what was his name? Chef Cobbs, not Cobbstick. Cobbstick? Cobbstick. Tall pastry baking instructor. Oh, no. I'm thinking of um, that he, uh, he has a European, he has the, the, the bald head and the glasses. Uh, older gentleman, um, let's see. Yeah. Skufka or? Skufka! Ah, Skufka! <laughs> okay, so one of my, you know, a more unfortunate class that I didn't do so well in was in Chef Skufka's class. I did take Viennoiserie with him. Um, I felt like not only was that I knew it was going to be a really hard class for me, I knew it was going to be hard for me, but at the same time, he was a really tough professor which isn't, which isn't bad. Everybody has their different ways about going things, but I, I just didn't take so well to it. And I just felt so discouraged all the time about myself, but, uh, I didn't get very good grades, um, in that class. And that was the only class that I really didn't get a good grade in that really bothered me. But, you know, I really appreciated that he was, he was trying to be hard on me and prep me for the real world, because if they would have done sat there and done sunshine and rainbows sprinkles the whole time, we just would not have been prepared, you know, and in the real world chefs are kind of, uh, some chefs are pretty brutal, but some chefs are sprinkles, sprinkles and rainbows. But, uh, you know, he really prepared me for it. And I really appreciate that. I didn't, I didn't at the time, but I'm like, wow, he's just trying to push me and make me realize things that I wasn't at the time. And I really appreciated that though. And, and, and honestly, in, in the end, it's not about the grade. It's what you learned out of it. It's more important. So even though I didn't get a good grade, I learned the most from it. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's a good, and looking back, yeah. <laughs> uh, what is one common myth about the profession or culinary school or our industry or our kitchens that you want to debunk? It's just not true. The people think it. Oh, that's so funny. Oh, there's so many. I think a great common one that I hear all the time is, aren't you guys just a bunch of alcoholics? <laughs> <laughs> And the answer is, um, some of, sometimes some of them, but no, we're not all alcoholics and we don't just get wasted on the job and go straight to the bar after work. Um, obviously you don't have to be a chef to do that. I know some people that actually do that, but no, we, we have our stuff together. I work with a lot of professional people for and it's, it's not a mess. <laughs> we're not a mess. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours that wanted to, you know, maybe go to culinary school or get into this, you know, the kitchen, the food service industry? That's a great question. I would recommend for people who are pursuing a culinary degree to first look into all the facts, do a lot of research first. Then I would recommend doing, you don't even have to have a job, maybe just do some volunteer work with a local bakery or a kitchen or a restaurant somewhere. If you're old enough to get a serving position, I would absolutely do that um, because that puts you in the spot where you can see the front and the back of the house, see if it's somewhere you want to be, see the dynamics of it, and just decide if you want to do that before you spend a lot of time, effort, and money and emotion into uh, this lifelong career. What's some ups and downs that students will experience? Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of, a lot of, ups you guys will experience is those few little rare moments when your cookie comes out just right 
after a whole week of mess and trials and failures, that's, that's always a good feeling. But um, some downs you'll experience is, you know, you're failing your grade, your, your test, you're, you're failing your um, lab exams, and it's just not looking so good for you. I just would not, I wouldn't get discouraged at all because I was never a very successful student. I was, I'll be, I'll admit I was very mediocre. I got really down myself and I, I wasn't getting good grades and everything, but I always had fun in the kitchen. So I never stopped having fun. I never stopped loving it, but I felt like it was a reflection on me because we were in this very formal setting and you're getting tested every other day. And I, I just looked at myself and I said, you know, maybe this isn't for me. Maybe I'm just not cut out you know, everybody's doing so well here. I just don't understand, you know, what I'm doing wrong. But that's not the case. I finished culinary school and I haven't had a problem in the kitchen. You know, I, I feel like it's just some, sometimes people aren't good with academic things. That's all. I'm just, I don't feel like I'm good with academic settings, but uh, it's definitely a down and I would not put yourself down about it. I would just keep going, get your degree and get out there and just prove what you can do. So you think that culinary school, or did you find it harder than you thought it was going to be when you first started? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I thought, I thought it was going to be so easy. I'm like, oh, we're going to go in here. We're going to be baking all day. We're going to be eating like stuff all the time. We're going to be dining and, you know, having a little class where you set up and put down stuff, but it's, it's very strict. It's very regimented. And it's, it's great because that's the way we need to be, but it's not what I expected at all. I didn't expect it to be that way. But I'm glad that it was. It really prepared me for the real world and professionalism. Um, but I thought it was a, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Absolutely, with the the classes and everything, you have to take nutrition classes. You have to take food and beverage management classes. You have to know the math and the you know the professionalism. Everything. There's a lot that goes into it. Sure. What about uh, the industry? Now that you got out, and they trained you in culinary school and you, in, in pastry, and, and you're out there taking your first or second job. One, do you think you were prepared for what was out there? And two, what, what was the the good and the bad about being out there? The, the, what was? Is there anything shocking to you? Like, wow, I didn't, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was quite a shock, honestly. So I had, um, I had gotten my first internship job you have to get an internship in order to complete your degree from johnson and wales my first internship was at the four seasons in west palm beach and i had gotten my first job there as an intern but i thought i was going to be doing pastry and they said oh well this is a program here we have you for baking and pastry I said okay cool i get to learn both so the first two months of my actual career i was a midnight baker from 12 at night to nine o'clock in the morning. Wow. And I got my first taste of the real kitchen at that point when I, on, uh, on uh, Thanksgiving, I had to sleep all day. I couldn't party with the family because I had to work that night and that morning on uh, Christmas and New Year's. On New Year's, it was especially realizing because I went to go type in my, my punch in my key, clocking in. It's like three, two, one. Everybody's excited and partying. Woo, it's midnight. I'm like, I'm walking in. Everybody's doing a toast. And they're like, all right, let's go out and party. Everybody leaves the kitchen. I'm totally by myself on New Year's night. You're starting work. I'm like just starting work. I just woke up. I'm like, this is crazy. But I'm so glad that I got the, the experience to do that. But then um, after two months of that three-month internship, I did one month of pastry. And I learned a lot from it. Um, 
And I, and on this subject, I really would recommend students. I did my internship here in my hometown. I really would recommend students for, to go some into another state, even another country, if you can, this is the best time to go to another country and not, well, not right now because the COVID thing, but go to another country, do your internship, learn about the world, learn about different cultural cuisines. That is a huge thing that you're going to be expected to know in the future is culture in the cuisines, not just how, but how, like where it's from, you know, how to use it, things like that. And it really will open up your mind to things. I did here in my hometown and I don't regret it, but I just really would recommend other students to look into going further with their career. It'll take you further. It really will. Good. And were you accepted when you went into the industry being a culinary grad? Was there any pushback like, oh, you went to school or the hard knocks or being a female as opposed to a male or is anything like that? Oh, well, it's, it's you mentioned that because when I got into Four Seasons, I was obviously I was an intern there. So that wasn't my technical first job. I actually right after that, I went and started writing breakers. And it's a five star resort. So there was never any pushback there. But I have definitely worked in uh, two different kitchen situations, where you could definitely tell and know that the women were put in their place and the men it was the men's word above the woman's um that has happened a couple of times and i don't really put up with that so you know you just got to go on to the next one you can't allow that to happen to you but it definitely does happen in the kitchen unfortunately those places uh they're not very professional you don't want to be there anyways you know what i mean if 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 that's happening it's not it's not professional it's not what you want to do anyways did you live at, at, on campus when you were there did i lived in flamingo hall i lived um inside of the johnson wells building academic building so i was always on site and that's actually something i would really recommend to the students is to stay on site because it really helps you to not only be time oriented, being able to make your classes and the convenience of going to the library and having a sit down and having some privacy time is is right down the hall. It's also really, it's also financially, I feel like a little bit better. Um, I don't know, my situation, it was I had a lot of friends who did live off property, they had to have a job to pay for that. They had to have a car to go off and on. And some of them didn't even have a car. They walked. They walked a mile and a half every day to and from the school just, just to go to school. And they would be in class for like seven, seven hours, eight, ten hours, sometimes at a, in, a, in a day. And they walk all the way back home. And it just it, they didn't turn out as successful. You know, they, they're, they're, and some of them aren't even doing culinary anymore. I just feel like it sets you up in a better place. You're set up in a better situation to succeed if you stay on campus, um, but if you can make it work off campus, you're, you're finance, you have a car, you're financially good. I don't see why not then. And if you're, you're time oriented, then that's fine. But it really helped me. I just rolled out of bed. I went to the downstairs seat and uh, to class. I was never late. You know, it really worked out for me. Yeah. Maybe give a little bit more specifics. Like any stories about the dorms, about the meals, uh, other than the academics that the listeners out there, like what is the social life like when you're on a campus? <laughs> oh, chef. I don't know if you can handle the social life. <laughs> I don't know if it's an appropriate topic for the interview. Well, keep it G-rated, <laughs> but yeah. Let the listeners know about, 
you know, besides academics, besides lab, what happens if they move to camp, the social life about it and tell them a social scene, dating, uh, I don't know, homecoming, all those type, games, sports, anything like that, that you want to share that, you know. Um, yeah. So when I went to Johnson Wells and I was staying in the dorms, I, I did, I did quite a bit of my time hanging out off of campus, hanging out on campus. I would hang out with a, a group of my girlfriends. We would, we would hang out anywhere and hang out in the library sometimes, or just in the common areas. We meet up in the, uh, the chow hall. We would go hang out at Mario's pizza. That was our, that was our little shindig. Um, we did go to a couple of Cuban places, which were our, our fun eating spots. Um, my um, roommate, um, she was in the criminal program and um, she was really smart. She knew what she was doing and she was a go-getter. She was younger than me. I think she was two years younger than me, but she always really helped me. She dragged me into the library and helped me help make me do my work. And you know, I when she went, so it really helped having somebody else there that was a pretty jet setter to get me motivated as well. Cause I felt like if I wasn't, by, if I was by myself, I, I wouldn't have done it. But we, we did go to hang out at Mario's a lot. We went and did like fun, like festivals in Miami. We did um, one time they had the, uh, the Red Bull premiere show games there in downtown Miami. And we went to that with a group of our girlfriends. That was a ball. And they like, they throw all the different things off the, the boat into the water, all the different statues and creations that they made. So that that's always really fun. Miami's a great li- uh, nightlife style place. I was always going out and doing things at nighttime, going to local places. I was 21, fortunately. So I was always hanging out at Bayside, taking my girlfriends down there. Um, nothing too crazy or eventful really happened in school. It was just, it was just pretty basic. I, I just hung out a lot. I went home a lot during on the weekends because I lived in West Palm, which is only an hour's drive. So I wasn't really there too much on the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed my, my time on campus. Great. Um, so now that you have some perspective, you've been out of school for a while, been out in the industry, would you do it all again? Would the cost, the time, the everything that you went through, was culinary school worth it? Um, there's definitely a couple times where I doubted myself, but now where I'm at in life, I definitely do not regret it. I'm so glad that I went. It did, you know, cost quite a bit of money, but I don't regret that, you know, money you'll get back in the end, but your education is forever. Nobody can ever take that away from you. And, um, no, I don't, I don't regret that at all. Um, as we near the end of our chat and the wrap up here, what advice or what would you like to leave the listeners with? What advice, what uh, knowledge, what piece of um, um, inspiration would you tell them? Okay. So students, I am so happy I can talk to you. So I'm talking to me right now. I wish I would have been talking to me. So listen, please take this to heart because these are just real things. Um, don't get comfortable where you're at. As soon as you start getting comfortable, it's not good. You get, you get stuck. You're not building up your levels. You're not going to the next step. Just keep trying to find that next level. As soon as you get comfortable, keep going. Good. You got comfortable. Keep going. Don't stay comfortable because it just doesn't make you, it doesn't allow you to grow. You got to be like the lobster, shed your shell, then get out there and be bigger. It's not necessarily some of the times it's not about what you know it's about who you know sometimes really try and get out there you never you have to be a jet setter at all times you never know who's watching i got the job right now i'm a head pastry chef at 
fancy restaurant in Boca Raton. I got that from one of the servers work, but they just recommended me. I needed a chef, uh, pastry chef. She says, hey, I know this awesome girl who would love to come work for you maybe. And they hit me up and the rest is history. And I love it there. You never know. You always on your toes. You never know who's good. Don't just be good around the chefs. Be good to everybody. Be good to everybody around you. Treat everybody the same way. Um, and if, if you are in a bad mood, if you don't feel good that day and you're making, if you're cooking something or if you're trying to manage an operation, maybe take a second to walk away from it and come back. If you're managing something, if you're cooking something, it's going to turn out bad. You're cooking something you feel, if you feel like garbage, it's going to turn out like garbage. If you feel amazing, it's going to turn out amazing. Trust me, you're going to be able to taste it in the end. And culinary is about connecting with people. Not a lot of people know this and think about this, but when you eat somebody else's food, you are now connected to them. I am nurturing your body with this soulful food that I have made for your enjoyment. It's very addictive thing. Um, dress and act professional always. That's one of the biggest things I took away from Johnson Wales. As you can see, I'm wearing my uniform. Um, I have my uh, handy dandy uh, pen and marker and thermometer. It's not a joke. The chefs actually make you use this in a real life kitchen. It's not just a part of the uniform. You have to use this all the time. And when you don't have it, you look bad. <laughs> so please always act and dress professional. And along those lines, I really would like to talk about tattoos, guys. I know chefs especially love getting tatted up. That's awesome. I'm all about expression um, on your body. But just be aware that if you go into a job in the future, you're really trying to get a serious job that's really high paying. They're probably not going to tattoos all over your fingers and on your neck and a little teardrop on your face. You know, that's cool. Maybe just get it in a place that's hidden. I cannot tell you how many times I've had girlfriends and guys of mine who have been so excited to say, oh my God, I just got this, this opportunity to get this interview at this place. It's major club. They're going to pay me like $22 an hour. Like they didn't get it because they had a tender finger. Be aware of those things, guys. If you're going to get one in this, be aware of the professional aspect of it. and Just keep that in mind. And um, when you're in the kitchen, make yourself valuable put your strengths out there. And if you have a weakness, if you make something and it turns out bad and you're just mortified about it, you never want to make it again, keep making it. It will turn out better just because you didn't know how to do that one time. You just keep doing it until you get the best at it. I had a situation happen one time when I was working at the breakers, I fudged up and underbaked 22 gigantic deep dish key lime pies that we made in an 80 quart mixer and it took an hour for two people to produce and I fudged it up. And you know what? You know who did key lime pies for the rest of the year? This girl right here. Cause I got good at it. And I said, no, I'm not, I'm, I messed up that one time. I'm going to be so good at it. I'm going to be the go key lime two girl. Okay. And I really was. And they, and they're like, Hey, you know, Haley, she'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out guys. Don't give don't walk away from it. Um, you know, guys in the, in the kitchen, Work hard. You got to keep climbing that ladder to success because you can't climb the ladder to success with your hands in your pocket. There's no way around hard work. And in the kitchen, if you're a manager and you're in hospitality, anything, front of the house, back of the house, dishwasher, I don't care what you are, it's going to be hard work. There's no way around it. You guys can't be slacking. Every day you go in there with the same ambition, same smile on your face. You have to be a jet setter attitude at all times. It's not just enough to say, okay, all right, I got it over with. It's Monday and I, I got through it. And now I could be crappy for the rest of the week. No, it's every day. You never know who's watching. You never know who's going to give you an opportunity. So just be on your toes, guys. Um, and also the last thing I wanted to talk about is 
drug, alcohol abuse, sexual harassment, bullying in the kitchen. These are all actually types of inappropriate behavior I have seen in the kitchen. I have seen drinking in the kitchen. I've seen drinking outside of the kitchen that's just deteriorated people, some some drug and alcohol abuse. It's okay to reach out there and get help. It's okay to talk to people about it. You're not alone. Um, we're all in this together. The culinary the culinary community is a family. It is a community. So don't don't be afraid to to reach for help. Um, along those lines, reaching for help, sexual harassment. I've experienced plenty of times in the kitchen. I've experienced it to the point where it was coming from the head executive chef who is married, and he was trying to force me to meet him outside of work. And I did, I, I did because I was so scared. I had just come out of school. I didn't, I didn't know what to think or what to say. I didn't want to tell anybody he's the executive chef. He's got a family. This looks so bad on me. I'm just, I would be so embarrassed and job offered to come work at a club. I was gone for three months. I came back and he was fired and things worked out in the end because they found out, I guess he was doing it to other people. But Listen, if somebody is getting sexually harassed, there was other people there that saw this happening and they allowed it to happen because they were scared of saying something too. And it was wrong of me to, to not say anything about it because when I had gotten back to the place, they had told me a, a whole bunch of these girls were getting harassed and I probably could have saved them from all this inappropriate behavior myself. So in a way, I feel guilty that I didn't say anything, but at the same time, you know, I, people saw what was going on, you know, just say something and just don't do it. If, you know, if you're in a manager type situation, if you're in the back of the house, the front of the house, you know, what's bad and that's not bad. If you have to wait until everybody walks out of the room for you to say something to this one person, because you know, in your mind, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. You shouldn't be saying it. Keep it professional. Um, and, uh, bullying is just not accepted. I've seen people ostracize. It hasn't happened to me. Thank God. But people have ostracized other people in the kitchen due to race and gender and things like that um and self-identification and i just i it's totally inappropriate i totally stuck up for those people and it, and it didn't happen anymore but you really need to come together as community and stick up for each other that's that's not right nobody wants to come into work and and work that way and even in school no bullying nothing like that guys just keep it professional keep to yourselves and everything's going to be awesome. Yeah. And if it's happening to one, it's probably happening to more than one, like you mentioned with this, this harassment from the chef. So you can just assume they're probably doing it. Exactly. And exactly. You have to think about more than yourself. It's more than yourself. It's, if it's happening to you, it's happening to somebody else. So, so get out there and say saying, you know, it, it's a real thing. I just want people to know, because when I was in school, we had briefly talked about it. We had like briefly mentioned the chapter, you know what I mean? Like, do it. It happens. But if you see it, say it, it actually does happen in the kitchen. Don't be scared. You know, really just tell, tell the boss because in the end, you know, it's, it's just the right thing to do. You're doing, you're doing wrong by other people as well. If you don't. Where did this chef want to meet you? Like at a restaurant, a club or something? Yes. He would say things like, um, he would catch me when I was by myself. I would work the restaurant line from, I think it would start at from when the restaurants opened at five o'clock, the nighttime restaurants from five o'clock on, I would get into work at three. I would prep for two hours in the kitchen. I would take all my stuff upstairs to the restaurants, the, the dessert line where I'm totally by myself, like in this room by myself. And he would come and find me and he would tell me like, Oh, Hey, you want to go hang out? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, um, no, I just, I, you know, I just really don't feel like comfortable or like I would make up an excuse saying, Oh, um, you know, I'm doing something. He's like, Oh, what happened the next day? And I'm like, 
no, I'm doing something. He's like, oh, well, you, you know, you're just a flake, like, you know, whatever, I guess, I guess you don't care about this place. And he would just be being very, he was, he was involving my career with it. He's like, oh, well, I guess you just don't, you know, care about family here. And, you know, he was just making it very personal for me and my career and everything. And I had just started there. I just, just came out of culinary school. Um, not, not right out of culinary school. I wasn't, I wasn't at the breakers, but, um, I, I was just so embarrassed and I didn't know how to handle it, but I should have said something to the, to the head executive chef. And when I did leave for that period of time, I was so scared to go to the, my corporate executive pastry chef and tell him that I wanted to leave for three months and come back because I got a seasonal job. And I went straight to the culinary executive chef and he had he had found me in the kitchen by myself and just reamed me out saying, how dare you go behind my back and talk to the other chef about you leaving. Um, yeah, you just weren't, you were never good anyways and saying personal things to bring me down. And I, I was just totally shocked and took back by it, but I knew that it was wrong. I knew it was inappropriate. And I knew in my heart, I, I talked to the other chef. I said, chef, I love working here. I got another job. I would love to come back. You know, always keep it good with the chefs because, you know, you always want to be able to come back if you want to. And he said, absolutely. You go, you have fun. You do your young, wild and free, have fun and come back. And I knew that when I came back that the chef would be gone or I told myself in my heart, if the chef isn't gone at the time, I will have that conversation with HR. I will be sitting down and doing the right thing. But and fortunately, he did um, get let go before I started back there again. But um, he, it was, it was just very shocking for me, and I didn't know how to to handle it. And he was very personal about it. He was texting me all the time, and it's just if he's texting all the time, it's just wrong to have those like conversations and things like that, and for them to be pressuring you to make you feel a certain way. And if, if you know what's wrong in your heart, and you get that gut feeling, say something. And he was your supervisor too, right? He was your your immediate supervisor. He chef? was he was the executive pastry chef of the resort wow yeah so it was very intimidating and then to come back and belittle you because you went around him to go talk to the and owner. the whole the whole thing was i was so terrified to sit down in a private room with him and have a conversation because of the way he to me i was so I would, I was just so scared to have a conversation with him and sit down with him in privacy like a normal human being would do because he was just so disgusting and that's why I went to the other chef. And I never, even after he said all those nasty things to me, I never even threw it back in my face and said, well, I act really inappropriate about uh, uh, talking to you. I felt uh, really uncomfortable about and felt like it was inappropriate. Un um, but I, I never said that. I let him have his peace and I left and I did my thing and I'm so glad I did. And I came back and it was just, it was just great after that. It was awesome. It's good that he's gone. He kept it, he kept it verbal though. He didn't do anything physical. He never touched you or anything hit you or put his hand on you no no he never he never touched me or like tried to grope on me or like do anything passive ever um i heard a couple of times that he did with other females that he would you know go by them really closely when there was plenty of space to get by that never happened to me but that does happen in the kitchen even if that does happen say something that's inappropriate that's not cool even if it's something small he's probably doing that to a lot of other people those small little things if he gets one of those small little things the small things get bigger and he goes bigger and bigger and see how much he can get away with um but uh yeah it's horrible yeah it's not acceptable anywhere in any business and it definitely has to be put 
put in its place and stopped immediately because those people don't belong. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, please say something if you see something, even if it's small and you feel like you're over-exaggerating, you're probably not. It's better just to say something and be on the safe side. Then they can sit down and have a conversation with them and see what's going on and look and open an investigation. Um, but it doesn't always happen. I don't want to scare anybody. But I just want you guys to be prepared for the real world. That's all. Yep. It's not only not acceptable, it's illegal. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Is there a question I should have asked that I didn't? You know, if you were in my shoes asking the questions, would you have asked yourself a different question or something that last minute you want to share? Um, Absolutely. I really wanted, I would really like to go over um, my big downfall in my career and how I came out of that. Sure. Um, that's, that's probably much the last thing that I can think of. Um, so one of my biggest downfalls in my career was I was, I had worked at my internship at the four seasons. So I was doing school. I started work right away. As soon as I was done with the internship, the next week I was done with my internship. I started at the breakers right away. I worked at the breakers for a year. I went to the O resort for one year. I went for three months to Michigan to do a job and I came back. I worked there for another year and a half at the O resort. And when I was there, I felt like all of a sudden I just got really discouraged and I felt really um, fatigued. I felt really down about myself and I felt, I kind of felt like I was getting some depression maybe and I felt really unsure of myself because not only did I not self a break at all, I didn't take any take any time off. I wasn't giving myself any break from from the kitchen, but um, I just felt like maybe I wasn't as good as other people. And I just felt like I wanted. I was just so ready to make all this money, and I was just working so hard, working my butt off, and I'm. You know, I'm just making what I'm making. I just want to make more money. You know, I just, I'm getting itchy, itchy kid. I want more and more. So I actually quit the O and I started working as a um, server at Houston's in Boca at Houston's. And I worked as a server cocktail hostess, bar back, everything you can think of in the front of the house. I did. I worked there for about a year. I maybe it was just a little over a year, and I was just kind of in this rut. I had started cl- medical classes because I felt like maybe I wanted to be a medical assistant. Um, I just wanted to try something different because I was really intimidated about the whole culinary thing. So I was doing medical classes, and I was working for six days a week at Houston's, and I just kind of found it really miserable after you know the seventh month, I'm like, I'm not enjoying these medical classes. I don't think this is a thing for me. I kind of just wanted to be serving so I could make good money and have a set, have set hours, go in and leave on the set hours and just make good money and not have to worry about my product, anybody running out of cookies, things like that. So I just didn't want the whole worry. So I was there kind of in limbo doing my thing, trying to figure it out. And I just, I just felt like if, when I get that opportunity, when I see it, when I know it, I'll, I'll know whenever it's time to make the move. So one day I was hanging out at home. I had received a phone call from a Boca number. I answer it. I say, hey, this is Hey Wallace. How can I help you? And it's my now executive chef, Brian. And he says, hey, I heard that uh, 
you're a pastry chef and I need a pastry chef. I said, all right, I'll come in. I'll come in and take a look. So I come in and he explains to me that I'm going to be working by myself doing the um, the events, parties, the full menu, holidays and everything by myself as the pastry chef there for Tansy Restaurant in Boca Meisner. So I say, okay, great. You know, really planning back into this so we really got to work out something good here you know so we worked it out and i started there and just so good i started back up again that was my opportunity to get to opportunity to to get back in the game and i've just been so happy with it ever since and i felt like i finally found a place where i can do my own thing and i can do somebody else's thing and i can learn from all these people and help all these other people so now i have all this responsibility in the restaurant as of now i'm covering the uh sous chef stays off i'm working the expo line i work the salad line i work my dessert line i do anything they need me to do and um it i'm really glad that i got that second that second choice cuz it, it really opened up to my eyes and I, I feel like if I didn't get that second choice, I don't know where I would be now. But uh, I was definitely on a on a steeping down path, and uh, it wasn't looking good for me. And I wasn't very happy with myself and what I was doing. And finally, I had an opportunity come to me. Um, and even if you don't have that opportunity come to you, I feel like just don't give up. Just don't give up. So just keep going. Whatever you want to do, just please just make your goals realize and achieve them. You will get there. Sometimes you got to get re-inspired. You have to do something that brings that creativity back. Exactly. I just felt so depleted. I was working all the time and I just, I, you know, I just, there was all these amazing people around me, but I finally, I'm finally in a place now where I, I found my niche. You know, I'm like, I got it. Like, you know, they come to me, they ask me to do all of the uh, corporate specials for IPIC. You know, they say, hey, we need to involve M&Ms, make a dessert with M&Ms, make a dessert with M&Ms. Then it goes out to all the IPICs in America. You know, it's, it's a really cool job that I have now. They use me all the time. Um, and yeah, just don't give up, guys. You know, even if if you're feeling burnt out in the kitchen, maybe just take a break and step back and see if that's something that, you know, you want to keep pursuing. But I would not keep killing yourself in the kitchen if if that's what's going on. So what's next for you? What's next for Chef Haley Wallace? Oh man, that's a good question. Well, I had just gotten back from South Dakota in December. That was just a couple of months ago. That was a blast. I've never been hunting before then. I've never even been to the West before then. I went to uh, Mount Rushmore. I went to uh, stay in Deadwood down there. It was really beautiful. And the same thing as in Michigan and there. I got the opportunity. I, I was called for to do this opportunity because people heard about me. They pay for everything. They pay for my flight out there. They pay for my, my bed, my food, my transportation, my everything. You just go and work and have an awesome time and learn a whole bunch of stuff and get paid. And so I just got back from that. I'm back at, I was back at TNC before the whole coronavirus started, but I will be going back there. Um, and, you know, as the, for the next step, I, I just have to wait and see what that is because I'm always willing to accept a, an opportunity to do something totally different. I'm always doing something totally different than what I did before. And I just want to keep going on that, on that route because I was in, I was in um, hotels, clubs restaurants, catering, personal hotel clubs, you know, I was just kind of doing it all. And I like to keep that that rhythm, because as soon as I get comfortable, I'm going to need to get going, you know, that's it. Like, I need to 
keep moving on. And, and I don't just go and do the same things. You're just going to do the same thing, go and do something totally different and see what's out there and see, Oh my God, this is what I like doing. I never knew I would like working in a single restaurant. I was used to working in room dining, five different restaurants, weddings every day, you know, and now I found my, my niche in the restaurant. And after this, I'm going to try something different eventually. So we're going to have to see what that is. Well, that's just about all the time we have for this episode. And I want to first thank you, Haley Wallace, for coming on the show today and sharing your culinary school story with all of us. We really appreciate your time, your insights, and your honesty. Oh, thank you so much. Jeff. It was so good to see you again. I really hope that you guys take this to heart. Um, a lot of the things that the professors say are going to happen. Some of the things they say won't happen. You need to be prepared and open your eye, keep your eyes open, be a jet setter at all times. You never know who's watching. Always dress, be professional in yourself and always, always follow your heart. And I hope that, uh, I wish you guys a uh, great fortune and success in the future. Good luck. Okay. Thanks again. I really enjoyed our chat. Bye now. See you, Steph. Thanks. And a big thanks and appreciation also goes out to all of you, the listeners. We hope you enjoy the show and this episode. You all are a big part of this show, so please let us know what you think. Your comments are always welcome, and they help us in making the best show possible. You can email them to culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. That's culinaryschoolstories at gmail.com. Or even leave us a voicemail at area code 207-835-1275. That's area code 207-835-1275. And if you like the show, we have a big ask of all of you. And that is to share the podcast with everyone you know. And to give us a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Okay, until our next culinary school story, take care and be well. Bye-bye. Culinary School Stories is a proud member of the Food Media Network.